Good morning. If I don't know you, my name is Spencer, and I have the, the pleasure of being on the College of Preachers here at the table. And so I have the privilege of being able to proclaim good news this morning, not as one over and above you, but as one among you, proclaiming the good news that God is speaking to all of us. Amen. We proclaim the good news that God is inviting you to share in his divine life today through the gift of prayer. You are free to come not as beggars to a demanding dictator or diviners of a distant deity, but as daughters and sons of an ever-present father. In thinking about prayer and reflecting on how prayer works, I had a lot of different stories come to mind and a lot of questions about what would actually be helpful to share in this space, but one that I kept coming back to is probably one of the bigger stories when it comes to prayer that I've experienced in my life. When I was a Bible school student in Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, I was at a Word of Faith school. And so if you, you may or may not be familiar with that, but if you know what Word of Faith is, it basically means that uh, they believe so strongly that the power of life and death are held in your tongue and what you speak, that if you were to say something, even in passing, like, uh, here's an example. If you've seen uh, The Sandlot, um, when Squints tells Smalls that he's killing him, he may actually end up be, being killed because he confessed that with his mouth. So we so strongly believed that you couldn't speak negative things. You couldn't say your headache was killing you. You couldn't speak things like that because that was a sense of negativity that would bring upon you death, potentially. Well, the second year that I was at this school, um, the lead pastor of the church that we were a part of actually became sick. Now, the way that this was handled was very confusing because they really wouldn't come out and say that he had cancer. They wouldn't tell us what was going on, but we all knew that something was up, and he would be missing for long periods of time. Then he would come back, and we'd kind of hear good news. And then, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he just they announced at Sunday service, the last thing we had heard was he was recovering well and things were going well. And at Sunday, Sunday morning, I was standing up in like the balcony section of the church, and after the 11 o'clock service, at the end of service, they announced, kind of in an oh-by-the-way way, that Pastor Billy Joe had passed away that morning. And I remember the air just going out of the room. People didn't know what to even do with that information. Part of it, you could argue, would be because we weren't even sure how sick he was. But also, our faith was so built upon the premise of, if you believe it, if you name it, if you're faithful to it, then God is 100% of the time going to heal somebody that's sick. That's how prayer works. That's how we believe that it worked. And so we were all confronted, this room of probably, I don't know, 2,000, 3,000 people, we were confronted in the same moment with this thing that we thought we had figured out is not working for us right now. And so we left from that room and had a ton of questions. And being a Bible school student, living in the dorms with other Bible school students, we were always having different theological conversations and often debates. And uh, this particular situation was something that impacted everybody in a very deep way. And so I remember in the days following this announcement, we were all kind of scrambling to make sense of what was going on. What does this mean for everything they're teaching us in school? What does this mean about God's desire to heal people? What kind of God is it that we serve? How are we even supposed to pray for these things now? And I remember 
one distinct argument that I had with another student that I was friends with was he, he very, like, uh, matter-of-factly stated, well, we don't know all of the circumstances of Pastor Billy Joe's spiritual life or his internal life, so there may have been some sin lingering that we weren't aware of, or perhaps he just wasn't able to release his faith, his faith fully. Maybe he wasn't able to believe, and because of that, because of one of those things, maybe that's why God wasn't able to heal Pastor Billy Joe. Now, at the same, almost the exact same time that Billy Joe was sick, there's another pastor from a more reformed theology named Matt Chandler in Texas that he was, he like had a stroke and they found that he had a brain tumor. And the way that it was a very public thing, it was kind of following him from a few miles away, a few hundred miles away. And he would just basically say, if it's God's will for me to live, then I'm going to live. And if it's God's will for me to die, then to God be the glory. And there's nothing less... There's nothing uh, less glorifying to God one way or the other, essentially. And these things, both of these pastors were facing similar diseases at the exact same time. And Matt Chandler, he actually recovered. His treatment was successful and he recovered while Pastor Billy Joe, who was claiming in faith that he was going to be healed, passed away. And so I could see across this crowd of students and even within myself personally, There's this struggle of like, well, we just saw what happened, so perhaps this is right then. So instead of it being a God that we know, us serving a God that we know, if we pray in faith, he wants to heal us and he will heal us, then maybe it's just a God that's, he's got a plan. Uh, It may or may not be to heal you or for you to be healthy, Uh, but whatever it is, we'll serve him no matter what. Don't ask any questions, but whatever happens, to God be the glory. God is inviting us to share in his divine life today through the gift of prayer. You're free to come not as beggars to a demanding dictator or diviners of a distant deity, but as daughters and sons of an ever-present father. Now, when dealing with cancer and life and death, these are some big-ticket items that we've all dealt with in some way, but maybe not on a daily basis, but we see this, this kind of discernment that we try to experience when it comes to prayer on a daily basis, uh, whether it be our work situations, maybe we're looking for a new job or trying to figure out what the next step is for us, potentially in our finances, maybe we're having financial problems or maybe we're just trying to grow as a family and we're trying to, make, we're trying to negotiate with God how we can do this. God, if I, if I give this up or if I start living this way, is there any chance you could bless me with this thing over here? Currently, I'm seeing this, this conundrum of prayer, honestly, in my own life, in that I'm just experiencing a lot of back pain in the last week or so. And I'm preparing a sermon all week about prayer, but I haven't really prayed about it because I'm just not really sure what to pray. Like, should I pray every day, all day? Should I just be like, yeah, I know you want to heal me, but like, if you want to, you will. What is the faithful way for me as a Christian to pray about my back pain? That's really annoying me. <laughs> I think there's two, there's a lot more than this, but I think there's two main ditches that we can fall into when we start talking about the Lord's Prayer and how to pray. I think one is that you've been praying the wrong words. So let's really study Jesus' words here in the, you know, our Father, right? Like, what are the, the, the five categories that he covers? And, and if you can say the right things, if you can pray the right words, 
then God will heal you. He doesn't even have a choice. You've unlocked, you've cracked the code, you've unlocked the door. He is going to answer your prayer because you got the formula correct. That's one ditch. On the other side, I think, uh, especially following, you know, Jesus' teaching on the Lord's Prayer, he, he tells this parable about basically like audacious persistence. And so I, I think the other ditch is that maybe you just haven't been persi- persistent enough. Like if you could annoy God enough, if you could like twist his arm, he'd be like, all right already, I'm going to heal your back pain. I'll take away the cancer. Like you've bothered me for the thousandth time. I can't take it anymore. Please stop praying. You're healed. (laughs) Those are the two big ditches I see. One of those is magic. You know, if we can get the spell correct, the formula right, then zap, you're going to be healed. And the other one is just inhabiting the posture of a beggar. We're, We're not worthy of what you're doing. We're groveling on our knees and hands. But, but both of these postures are what Jesus is teaching against. He's teaching a different way of coming to the Father. I think the lie is commonly that God is far off, that he's disinterested, that he's uninvolved, that he really could care less. Or if he could care, like maybe he does deeply care, but it's on you to figure out how to get him to be able to unlock his power. God is inviting you to share in his divine life today through the the gift of prayer. You're free to come not as beggars to a demanding dictator or as diviners of a distant deity, but as daughters and sons of an ever-present father. Looking at the text, one thing that I'm struck by is that Jesus is with the disciples, so he is present with them, and they simply are asking him for something. They're saying, teach us how to pray. Now, I think what they're asking him is actually a little bit different. What he does as he frequently does, is a little different than what they have in mind because they say, teach us to pray like John taught his disciples to pray. And he's like, okay, I'm here. I've heard your requests. I'll, I'll answer what you're requesting, but it's going to look a little different. But he does give them words to pray. He doesn't just give them some far-off idea or concept or some code that they have to crack. He says, when you pray, pray like this. Say these things. And that's part of what we're going to pray together today. So it's not a magic formula He's not teaching them about the necessary protocol of coming to the king. Like, if you come to the king this way, then you might have your request granted. But make sure you don't mess this protocol up, or else you're going to be in deep trouble. That's not what Jesus is teaching. He's teaching us a posture of prayer, the posture of prayer of the kingdom of God, which is a posture of sons and daughters that are coming to their father, who's already present in their lives. Now, the parable that Jesus goes into right after this, I'm going to reread the text, Starting with Luke 11, uh, verse 5, he says, Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine is on a journey, and he's come to me, but I have no food to offer him. And suppose this friend says, Don't bother me. The door's already locked. My children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you that even though he will not get up and give you bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So, I'm not, like, whenever you just read through this chapter, I'm not really sure what's going on here on first blush. I'm just like, what? (laughs) So I think part of the problem is we're so used to Jesus saying, when he starts a parable, the kingdom of God is like, and then he goes into the parable. And so, like, when I read this, that's what I'm like, God is like this? So he's like, the door's locked, and he's in bed with his kids, and he can't give me a loaf of bread unless I ask, like, a billion times. But the good news actually at work in the text is that Jesus is saying, your father is not like this. But even this guy, 
if you're persistent enough, would give you the bread. But God is not like this. Your, your father is not far off. He's not already in bed. He's not too tired to deal with your problems or whatever happened today. He's not unmoved or uncaring. He's not more concerned with what's going on in his own internal life. He cares deeply and he's present. Now, he does encourage the disciples to stick with it, to be persistent, right? But it's not because if you're persistent enough, then finally God will have to do what you're asking him. But there's, we're meeting God. He's already present. But when we become present in prayer, we become present to what God is already doing, what he's already at work to in our midst. We become present to his presence in our life. Jesus is teaching us words that will form us as we pray them. So not only are we made aware or present to what's already going on, but we continue to be shaped into this divine life. Prayer helps us to be present to God's presence. And he, he ends after the parable. He says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. God already knows what you need. He's not waiting for you to tell him through prayer. He knows what you need and he wants to give you good things. He wants to give you what you need. He's present, but he wants you to come to him. He wants us to come to him as children, as his children. The scripture passage says that even us who are evil know how to give good gifts. But how much more would our Father in heaven give us if we're asking for the Holy Spirit? God is inviting you to share in his divine life today through the gift of prayer. You're free to come not as beggars to a demanding dictator or diviners of a distant deity, but as sons and daughters of an ever-present father. When I reflect back on this season of life when I was at Bible school and in all this turmoil and asking these questions about what kind of God it is that I'm, I'm trying to follow and how I'm supposed to pray, you know, Pastor Billy Joe passes away. When I reflect on that season of my life, it's actually surrounded by a lot of other losses. There was a friend that literally in the same month that Pastor Billy Joe passed away was in a car accident. And all of us at Bible school were praying desperately in a different way at that point because we were so frustrated, almost screaming at God to heal this person. And she passed away. So this season of my life was kind of like it's painted with the brush of loss and sadness. But when I reflect on it now, it actually is a very sweet time in my life. Because even in that brokenness, I'm aware now that my father was present with me in it. So maybe I didn't crack the code and unlock exactly what I was trying to make happen, but my father was present with me in it. It's not that I have answers now to how to cure cancer or why people die or why bad things happen, but I do feel peace in knowing that our Father is with us, and that his will is good for you. It's not for bad things to happen. Even through the anger and the questions and all the confusion, God is present with you. He's inviting you to share in his divine life today through the gift of prayer. You're free to come not as beggars to a demanding dictator or as diviners to a far-off deity, but as sons and daughters to an ever-present Father. Where does it feel like if you could just get prayer right, then God would show up for you today? Is it your job search or your finances? Maybe it's your home search. Maybe you're trying to sell your home. Maybe if you could just make the right deal with God, he would do it on the timeline that you want or in the way that you want him to do. 
Maybe it's a broken relationship that you have, an old friend or your mom or your dad or your siblings. Maybe if you could just figure out how to get God involved, then that reoccurring fight that you have with your neighbor or your spouse or your kids wouldn't happen anymore. You wouldn't argue about the same thing over and over again. One of the ways that I'm responding to this good news is just by simply coming to God and praying for my back. Not, not praying in like uh, this audacious way of like, I know I'm healed already. Thank you for the healing that I'm receiving currently. But just humbly saying like, I don't know what the deal is, but this is really killing me, man. Please heal this back pain. Teach me. Teach me to live with this in a way that will be healthy. Teach me to be present to your presence with me in this. God is inviting you to share in his divine life today through the gift of prayer. You're free to come not as beggars to a demanding dictator or as diviners to a distant deity, but as daughters and sons of an ever-present father. Isaiah is going to come up and lead us in responding to this good news this morning.